0: Hello everyone and welcome to a review by review podcast where I, your host, Ronik Shoker, will be taking time out of your day to talk about one particular play that is adored by many and most definitely adored by me. The play I'm talking about is Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Now, I've been a fan of the Harry Potter franchise for a really long time, so when I tell you I was excited to see another part of my favorite series, it would definitely be an understatement. But I, I think seeing this fold or this story unfold on stage rather than in cinema was really different, but it was refreshing. And I think it did the story justice in a way that cinema could not. Anyways, enough about rambling, let's get down to the basics. But first, this podcast does include some spoilers. So if you haven't watched the movies, go watch them right now. Because what have you been doing this entire time? So the play is set 19 years after Harry Potter and his friends saved Hogwarts from the Wrath of Voldemort. The play follows Albus Potter as he grows up in the shadow of his father's legacy. Actually, I wanted to add a little side note. I think it's crazy how after doing an assignment on legacy in drama class, I've actually began seeing how it's such an important part of everything, and it was certainly important in this play particularly. This entire story is almost about how Albus wants to separate himself from his father's legacy and be a part of his own. This goes to show how it aff- legacy affects everyone in different ways, and we truly get to see different perspectives in this play, which I thought was really cool and interesting. Anyways, back to the plot. Um, Albus faces term or er, difficulties coming to terms with his identity after being sorted into Slytherin. Um, however, he does seem to find some comfort in dis- in confiding in his best friend Scorpius Malfoy, his dad's enemy's son. So things really can't seem to get any worse for Albus as his father already disapproves of his only relationship he has. But given Albus's luck, of course they do, things start turning darker as Albus and Scorpius meddle with things they shouldn't have meddled with and unleash dark forces that are a danger to all. So that's basically the shortest way I could explain this play without getting carried away. So now let's talk about how the play was executed instead. The actors on stage were absolutely incredible and their performances were wonderful, they fully embodied the characters they were playing and their acting was so raw and real. However, one actor that stood out to me was Eric C. Peterson who played Scorpius Malfoy. Peterson in his role of Scorpius used a loud and clear voice that was easy to hear around the theatre. They made it easy for the audience to feel the weight of the mood in the scene because of the actors' vocal expressions and body languages. I was sitting far away from the stage and I couldn't really see their facial expressions, but I was able to rely on feeling their emotions through their voice and body. Uh, Peterson was also the only character that had to do a scene where they were underwater, which really showed commitment to the role as being in water on stage must have taken so much practice and discipline in order to pull off. Lastly, they did an excellent job of making the audience laugh. Scorpius Malfoy is written to be a comedic and dramatic character, and the actor portrayed that persona very well. Although all the actors performed this play wonderfully, there was one actor who I thought could have used some improvement, and that was Ted Deasy in the role of Voldemort. Although it was a small role, I think it was really an important role, so I would have liked to see the energy picked up a little more. For example, when they cast a spell during the play, maybe it should have been similar to how Voldemort cast them in the movies. Dizzy used a booming voice, which made it sound like he was yelling. However, Voldemort usually has an eerie calmness to his voice that makes it frightening and powerful. Um, as I mentioned multiple times throughout this podcast, everything in this play was magnificent, and the other things that, the other factors that were not a part of this play, did not disappoint either. The costumes were beautifully made and worked very well on stage with the lighting and the colors were not too bright or not too dim. However, something I wish they did do differently is fit the character's wardrobe more to match their personality. For example, a character that we all know and love, Ron Weasley, who's really goofy and comedic, was dressed in a suit for most of the play which didn't make sense to me since he didn't have any reason to dress formally. So I wish they had incorporated that into the actor, the character's wardrobe. Other than that, I think the costumes were A+. Moving on to the lightning or sorry, the lighting and the sound. The music was very suitable to the scene that was taking place and it didn't feel out of pocket at all. The sound effects were efficient and helping the scene come to life. They also used music in the middle of set changes, which was really efficient because it helped the audience Uh, focus their attention and not be distracted. They were also able to use some music from the Harry Potter movies, which made me like levitate out of my seat because it really made it feel like it was a part of the Harry Potter franchise. I didn't have many suggestions for the sound, except for maybe that uh, they could have added some background music. I've learned, especially in drama class, that music can always be used to fill in gaps and add more depth to a scene. Um, Adding some sentimental music to some scenes, I think, would have definitely made me cry and I was already on the verge of tears. Um, Aside from the sound, I think the lighting was really appropriately used and it was used in creative ways. At one point, the blue uh, blue light was used on stage and in theatre lights to reveal messages that had been written on the walls. It caught my attention and it was really cool. And speaking of things that caught my attention, another thing that was really cool during the play, was how they used in the set design, they made Dementor props that flew over the audience and came quite close. If I'm being honest, it really scared me because I've never seen anything like that before. It was really realistic, I can tell you, but my terror proved that the design of the Dementors was really effective as it made me feel as the characters were feeling in that moment. Again, there aren't many suggestions I can make in terms of lighting and set design, however, I do think that perhaps there could have been some like less harsh lighting in some parts. And in terms of set design, I think maybe some props could have been used more efficiently and conveniently. For example, there was a large staircase that was used in many scenes and it was a hassle to take on and off stage. So I wonder if they could have incorporated it into the play so that it would have been on stage at all times. Anyways, for everyone who has been listening so far, you could probably tell that I more than likely enjoyed this play, and not only because I'm a Harry Potter nerd, but uh, because I truly think that it was a great piece in many different ways. Everything ran seamlessly as if I was just watching another Harry Potter movie, the actors didn't mess up their lines, the stage crew was able to deal with all the props, the AV crew didn't disappoint with the lighting and the sound effects. I would like to give this performance 5 out of five stars because and i highly recommend watching this play because it was a surreal experience and i highly highly recommend this play to harry potter fans because it fit right into the magical wizarding world of harry potter thank you guys for tuning into my podcast i hope you enjoyed the review and see you guys next time on a review by review by your host Ronnie shoker